Hi, I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is unable to be with us today, so I'm happy to welcome Deb Johnston, a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group, Brookings. She's certainly no stranger to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you join us again today, Deb. Oh, it's good to be here, Joan, and I promise everybody I didn't lock Rick in a closet so that I could be here instead of him. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> He's far from in a closet. The man is so happy with his sailing. We did, a number of people did get an email or a text from him letting him know letting us know he's really doing well he's feeling healthy he's i'm sure suntanned as can be out sailing oh, I hope for three not weeks suntan though because you know sun is is too much sun is not good for your skin so i hope he's practicing what we preach and, and wearing his sunscreen he has lectured me that on that for years for a while i used to just get a little bit of a I go in just before I went to Florida, I get a little bit of a tan. He said, Joan, you can't do this. I said, well, I'm going to get sunburned anyways. You will not get sunburned. And he always lectured me on, you. I said, well, I use sunscreen. What number? Oh, 10, 15. Yeah. Well, that's no good. So from now on. Use from 30 and keep using it. 30 and I keep using it. I have friends who laugh their head off when they visit us and they see me lather up before I head for the beach. Which could you possibly perfect. use more? I said, I don't know. If I could, I would. You know, and I never burn now. But as a little kid, I get burned all the time. Oh. So I really thought, you know, they didn't have sunscreen then. Exactly. And I hate being sunburned. I'd rather enjoy the sun, but I don't want to have a burn. I don't need to be tan. I just don't That's want to right. be burned. That's right. And I'm sure Dr. Holm practices what he preaches. He sure really so. believes in that sunscreen. And he's very good at practicing what he preaches. He eats well. He exercises regularly. He's he's very good at that he's a healthy man yes he well we're here with deb and bob and i were talking about 10 minutes ago before this program and said we'd love people to call in with any questions i'm going to restate that give us a call if you have a question of a medical nature dr johnston has a wealth of knowledge she's ready to share with you i think we'll take our first break give us a call at 692-1430 and we'll be back right after these messages Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening. It's nice to hear Joni Holm give her words of wisdom, too. She has done such a good job with those breaks. She's been doing them now for about a year, and they are good. She really gets some great information in there, so we do appreciate it. She's very smart. She is that. Now, we have Dr. Deb Johnston, another very smart woman, a family (laughs) medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and Deb is with us, and she's ready to answer any questions you might have. We're still waiting for a couple of questions come in, but we did have one from last week, and we didn't get to it, so uh, it's not, well, it's important to her. It's a woman who's in good health, but she has ridges and lines in her fingernails. Now, that doesn't sound like the end of the world, but she never had them before, and she's wondering, is there a product she can use, or what's causing this change in her fingernails, ridges and lines? Does that happen when you get older? Or? It, it does happen when you get older. As the nail matrix ages, you'll, you'll just... You know, just like your skin wrinkles, your nails can can get older, too. Why did you look at my hand when you said your skin wrinkles? Well, because yours, I, was, <laughs> yours was a little more in my field of view than mine was. So Yours does not wrinkle. Mine definitely <laughs> is showing well, the age. My, mine's okay. a little younger no, than yours, Joan. quite a bit younger. Um, right. <laughs> 
Okay, well, back so, to this woman's fingernail so, problems. Uh, um, there's a couple of other things to think about. Number one, uh, is she using products on her nails? Sometimes people that, that use a lot of polish, as I look at my polished nails and your polished nails, um, that can be hard on the nails sometimes. Uh, also, certain health problems can cause it, and sometimes they're pretty subtle, like thyroid problems or iron deficiency. Some of those things can cause nail problems. Um, injury to the nails can cause changes to the nails. Uh, so maybe people who do, um, well, we'll see it more in people who do carpentry or those kinds of things where they may get some pretty significant damage to their nails. So there's, there's a few things to think about. And if this is new and she hasn't had her thyroid checked or her iron level checked lately, it might be worth going in and talking to her doctor. But most of the time, it just kind of is. And there's not really a whole lot from our perspective as physicians that can be done about it. Okay. And there's really probably no products out there that would help it. It's just not, a condition of aging, I it's guess. It's just a condition of aging. Although I, I think a lot of the nail salon people will be happy to, to help <laughs> you make your nails look nicer at least. So. And maybe hide those ridges. Maybe hide those ridges. But in her case, if she's not had her thyroid checked, it might yep. be good when she doesn't have to make a certain no. special trip. But her most people have an annual physical. Most so. people have have an annual physical, although um, interestingly that, that brings up kind of the welcome to Medicare and the Medicare um, exams and those kinds of things. Um, so most of us before age 65 on our traditional insurance are used to the idea of an annual physical and annual checkup. Um, Medicare has an annual wellness benefit or a welcome to Medicare benefit. Um, and I see a lot of confusion about exactly what that is. And uh, it's important to recognize that that's not actually what you're used to as a traditional annual physical. So it, um, it's probably not a good opportunity to ask about things like that. But if she has a, a hypertension or any other kind of health problem, it would be something that she could just mention at that. Or she could just go in and say, hey, my nails look funny. I just wanted to be sure my thyroid was okay. Okay. Well, you mentioned the Medicare benefit, the Welcome to Medicare. Tell us about that. So with the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare, um, the regulation came down that insurance had to offer uh, preventative care and it had to offer preventative services at no copay to the individual. Um, and that's things like your, your colonoscopy every 10 years, your pap smears, your mammograms, your PSA testing, um, those kinds of, your flu shot, your, your annual flu shot is free and that's because of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Uh, if you have insurance, obviously, if you don't have insurance, you're going to end up paying for it. Um, <coughs> one of the things that that came out about that time is an annual wellness benefit for Medicare. And that's not something that traditionally Medicare paid for. It's important to recognize that um, Medicare started as a pay-for-your-illness program. It didn't start out as a uh, traditional insurance Product. It started out as a cover catastrophic care sort of, of program, and it kind of morphed from there. So over time, Medicare has added more uh, preventative care. It's added the mammograms. It's added the PSA testing. Um, 
And several years ago, it added what they call an annual wellness benefit and a welcome to Medicare benefit. And that is an opportunity to sit down, usually with a a nurse who's had special training, uh, to review your health history, your family history, uh, and what preventative services you may be due for and eligible for. Um, So it's not a physical the way you're used to thinking of a physical in terms of what kinds of symptoms you may be having and a a complete physical exam. There may be a little bit of a physical exam involved. There certainly should be a blood pressure check and those kinds of things. Um, But it is something that is, is worth looking into and thinking about let's make sure that your immunizations are all up to date and um, let's see when was your last mammogram and when was your last colonoscopy and uh, let's get all that taken so the welcome to medicare plan is really a preventative care to help people as they become medicare eligible by age usually then correct once you're medicare eligible make sure that your health is up to date and if there's a problem they can address it exactly the the welcome to medicare exam is something that you're eligible for within a certain 12 and maybe 14 months of enrolling in medicare i'm not sure exactly what the cutoff date is um and then they'll sit down, they'll review your health history, make sure that we have that information accurately, your family history a little bit, uh, and and look and see what services are you due for, what preventative services are you due for. And then the annual wellness benefit is is something that you can get done no matter how long you've been on Medicare. If you've been on Medicare three years or 15 years or 30 years, uh, you can have that benefit. And that's an opportunity, again, to sit down and see what what health problems have you had in your life uh, and what what services, what prevention services should we be looking at doing. You know, the government is great at assessing if something is valuable or not. They run all these um, tests and everything. Has there been any Test showing that Welcome to Medicare has been beneficial or any way of no assessing idea. it? They haven't assessed it. Okay. <laughs> well, they, they may have assessed it, and, and I just, you weren't aware. I just, I just was curious if there was an assessment of it. And uh, I do recall I did go through that, and I thought it was helpful. You know, they answered a lot of, uh, just asked a lot of questions and tried mm-hmm. to bring you up to date on where you should be at this point right. in your age and your health. So right. it's good. Making sure that you're getting those those all-important vaccines and all-important uh, preventative services. Okay. Well, that may be changing with our new president. We don't know we exactly don't know what's, what's going gonna to happen. come down. So We uh, don't know. Keep tuned, and we'll find out. We're going to take our next break. Give us a call at 692-1430. We'd be glad to hear from you, and uh, we'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Joan Hogan. In the studio with me is Dr. Deb Johnston, who's a family practice medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Uh, For those of you who have been waiting for Dr. Holm, I believe he'll be back on the air next week. He's been on vacation, and we're happy that he's had this time with uh, his wife and friends and family and just having a great time relaxing, which he should do, you know, in the middle of dealing with cancer and dealing with... uh, chemo and radiation it's nice to take a three-week break that's right so we're happy he's getting that but we trust he'll be back next week forward to having him then we have deb johnston in the studio we've been talking about um, medicare and the benefits there and we had a caller who wanted to know about uh, health for her parents she said her parents are living at home both are in their late 80s and relatively good health 
how will I know if it's my role to intervene in their health? If they are proud and independent, but their home and personal appearance seems to be slipping a bit. So I'm not sure. Yeah, can't tell your mom and dad what to do. What happens? What do you do? This is a, a really, really difficult problem, and it's a really common problem that I see. So the first thing to know is that you're not alone. Um, the second thing to know is that there really does come a point where, as the adult child, your parents are going to need more help. So it is going to be important to to step in. And a lot of that has to do with um, a lot of history, a lot of personality, a lot of family dynamic issues. Um, your doctor can help broach that conversation um, if they are truly competent. Uh, you obviously can't force things on them, but a lot of times there starts to get to be some memory slipping too. I often find it to be particularly helpful to be um, just matter of fact and just to come in and start doing things to start helping with laundry and um, you know, maybe arrange for uh, some home health or hearth, which stands... Uh, it's an acronym that stands for something that I can never remember because acronyms are not, not my thing. But basically, it's some homemaker services, somebody to come in and help with some cleaning and help with some laundry and those kinds of things. And sometimes I find that older people are a little more receptive to having an outsider come in and help with that than family members and other times they're more receptive to having family members come in and do that another thing sometimes that can be helpful is to say oh gee um, great-granddaughter Amanda is uh, going to college and she could sure use a little extra spending money and it would be very helpful for her if if we could hire her to come and uh, do some laundry or or you know help you with whatever so sometimes that can be very helpful so that way the uh, her parents are actually helping the grandchild rather than the other way around exactly and that, then everybody's you know it's to everybody's benefit the the parents really get help with with tasks that that they're having trouble keeping up with and uh, great granddaughters getting a little help to pay for college and um, in a safe environment and so everybody wins in that situation the one thing that scares me is when I see older people driving who really shouldn't be driving. How do you take a license away from someone? That is a really, really hard thing because that's such an important thing with independence. And we're we're fortunate here in Brookings because we have the beta bus, and that's a wonderful um, service to help people maintain some transport transportation independence even if they're not driving any longer um, there actually is a program if if this is a an issue where we're concerned about safety and the individual is very resistant to accepting restrictions on their own um, and won't listen to their doctor if their doctor is thinking that this is time to to start cutting back and restricting that driving there is an assessment program down at Sanford where they actually have a formal um, occupational therapy and and uh, simulation and testing and they can actually say look it's it's not safe for you to drive anymore you can also make reports as a concerned family member to um, the the driver's license uh, bureau and they will do a formal assessment and uh, make them do a driving test which may irritate your parents, but it might also save a few lives. Save a Not few just lives. your parents, but exactly. others. Exactly. I do recall and when this my mother was faced with this, and she was determined, just determined to pass her driver's test. I think she was 88. 
She passed the test and said, well, there. I think I know how to drive, and she never drove again. Yeah. But she had her license, and no one was telling her she couldn't drive. Just and a little stubborn streak there. I don't know where. She I, I can't imagine it. what. Mm, can't I, imagine I can't that. imagine that in your family. <laughs> oh, you know? no. Can't imagine it at all. The other thing that I sometimes find to be very helpful is to point out to, to people, you know, it's not just you that you're taking that risk with. And um, many times if the person themselves is still pretty sharp cognitively, uh, they will respond to that idea that I will never forgive myself if I'm in an accident and somebody else gets hurt or killed. Um, And if they're not, sometimes that can help the family members step up and do what needs to be done to tell them, look, if your mother had been in her right mind, she would never want to risk somebody else's well-being. Oh, that's a strong point. You know, you mentioned the beta bus, which is a real plus in Brookings, and there's more than one. I think there's about 30 of them going around now. Yeah. But that isn't limited to people who have a problem walking or a problem, you know, just wheelchair. That beta bus is available to anyone in Brookings who may need it. You don't have to be a certain age, do you? No. So if someone isn't familiar with it, they've seen it around town and think, maybe I will try it out. They just call? You just call. And um, there's a a modest fee for it. Uh, You can buy tokens ahead of time. If you call that day and want to want to ride to Walmart or wherever it is that you want to go, the fee is higher. If you plan ahead, then the fee is much more modest. I think it's like $2 a ride or something like that. Whoa, that's fantastic. And they will pick you up at your door. They'll pick you up at your door and take you wherever you need to go. Okay. And they do make trips down to Sioux Falls. I think um, they schedule a trip down to Sioux Falls, and I, I, I want to say it's once a week or something like that. That's that's a little bit bigger deal. You can't just call and say, you have to I want to go to Sioux schedule. Falls today. Right, <laughs> so. right. But anything that you'd like, and I think after a while, people are set on their schedules, and they know what they want. I know uh, the... Um, Oh, at SDSU, you have this swimming class from uh, 8 to 9. Right. I always say it's for old farts like me. But you know, right. there's, there are women in there from, I'd say, 50 to 90. We've had 90-year-olds yep. in there yep. swimming. One, But and Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they know it. And the beta bus picks them up at home, brings them to it, comes back. So it's scheduled. They're not paying extra. They know that they're going to they do that. Yep. When you yep. get older, you pretty well have somewhat of a schedule set up. And you could probably know what day you want to go to the grocery store and just schedule it yep. out ahead of time. Yep. So call the beta bus. They're in the telephone book. I know that. Uh, probably if you're a computer person online, you can see all their yeah, various I schedules. I've tried to look <laughs> online, I'll say. <laughs> They're probably online. Everything <laughs> else is. Well, that's great advice, Deb. We are due to take our final break. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Got some good information from Bob during the break. He knows about the beta bus. He said they actually make a couple of trips a day to Sioux Falls. So if you're feeling healthy, don't want to drive, the beta bus will drop you off. They go down because a lot of people need dialysis, so they're going down for that. But if there's room in the bus, there's room for you. They could leave you off at the mall. You could shop to your great content and get a ride home. So that's kind of fun. You could even plan it with a couple of friends and have a, a day. So you look into that beta bus. I, and you don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to have... You just want to use their service. That's right. That's it. Okay. Well, we had another caller who wants to know about physical therapy. 
how can I make an appointment with a physical therapist? Do I have to have my doctor's recommendation? So it helps to have your doctor's recommendation or a doctor's order because most people's insurance plans have some kind of coverage for physical therapy services. And in order to get that, you need to have an order from your doctor. So uh, depending on the problem and uh, your relationship with your doctor, you will probably need to go see your doctor for the problem and then go and uh, get the order for physical therapy and go to see physical therapy. Um, on the other hand, I certainly have patients where uh, they've got a long-standing history of back problems or neck problems or whatever, and they'll call me and say, oh, my back is acting up again. Nope, it's the same old stuff. Nothing new, nothing unusual about it. No, I haven't had, don't have any of these symptoms that are, are worrisome to you, Dr. Deb. And um, I just want to go back into physical therapy. That helped so much the last time. So um, you'd Physical therapy, I'm a huge believer. I think that uh, it's terribly underutilized and um, just a really, really valuable service. And uh, you, it is best to do it with a doctor's order. It'll save you some money. It's mainly a money thing because you can make an appointment with physical you can therapist, make an but it, all of us are insured, or most of us, most are, of insured, us are insured. And, and your insurance is going to cover it if your, your doctor recommends. Your insurance is going to help. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's really good. So that's a good word. thing. So if you need it, just talk to your doctor. And the, and yep. the physical therapists in Brookings are great. They are. Maybe great. they're great all over the country, but I love the ones we have here. Yeah, they've we've been got a great benefit to me. Therapists. Yeah, I've been very yeah. pleased with the help I've gotten in town. Okay, the next caller wants to let's see. Oh, wants to tell, not talk about the campaign to combat obesity in children. We've all seen that the past few years on television and radio. You keep hearing about uh, kids should not be overweight. You can do this and this. In your practice, Dr. Johnson, this is the question, are you seeing fewer obese kids? Do you think the anti-obesity campaign has been effective? And what's the best advice you can give parents? You know, that is such a tough one. Um, Obesity is a very complicated problem. It's, um, there's so many factors that weigh into it, and uh, if it were a simple solution, we'd have solved it already. It's hard to say if I'm seeing less obesity. Um, it's not really something that I've thought about a lot. I think there's more awareness uh, to it. I think... Um, and now that I think about it, maybe I am seeing a little a little less or a little less severity. But, you know, a lot of times when I see overweight kids, I'm seeing overweight parents as well. Um, so we all live very busy lifestyles. And quite frankly, it just takes a whole lot more time to eat healthy than it does um, to eat unhealthy, to eat a lot of uh, filling but empty calories. So uh, it's really easy to stop at the, the drive-through on the way home and, and pick up a lot of stuff that's going to taste good and, and fill you up, but not necessarily um, help you with your weight management. Uh, it's 
hard to get the exercise in. It's hard to spend the time cutting up your vegetables and and uh, cooking unfamiliar things or less familiar things. It's really easy to make um, beef stroganoff or or spaghetti. Uh, and yeah, we're all <laughs> licking our lips in here with those. Uh, so they're they're familiar things and they're tasty things. Um, and you know, I I look and. Um, when I would visit my children at school and, and have lunch with them and I would see what the kids were offered and what the kids would eat. And they might be offered a variety of, of good, healthy things, but you can't make them eat those. They, you, you, they eat what they eat and they eat what they're used to eating. So it's, it's a very challenging problem, and it doesn't have an easy answer. It's an answer we all need to be part of. Well, sometimes um, when you look at it, you wonder, is it genetic? Are there just some families that are going to, or is it lifestyle? They're heavy because their family's always been heavy, and they've always cooked like this, and they're going to eat like that, and they're going to be heavy. Or is it really a genetic thing? Yes. Which? <laughs> both? both. I, I, honestly, I, I think that both factors play a really big role. In you that. do. I, I do. I think that there's there's a genetic susceptibility. I think that there's uh, lifestyle, learned behaviors. Um, there's the whole comfort me with food. We celebrate with food. Um, we show love with food. We show uh, emotion with food, and we cope with food. Uh, and then we've we've turned into a society where we're not nearly as physical as we used to be. Um, we drive, yeah, shoot, I, I drove here from the hospital. You could um, have walked. I could have walked. <laughs> I would have been really I late. I two doors down, and I never <laughs> walk. <laughs> I always drive. Two do- not two doors, two so, blocks down, uh, and I don't make it. You know, and, yeah. and there's, there's just a lot of that. And, you know, we live in a very safe community in Brookings, and we don't have any excuse not to walk. Uh, but there's a lot of people who live in communities where it's literally not safe for them to walk that that distance so um, it's a very complicated issue and um, we're just scratching the surface of what needs to be done with it in other communities around the country uh, we see situations where um, people don't have access to go and buy fruits and vegetables Um, they don't have a grocery store that sells fresh fruits and vegetables that are in good condition within commuting distance for them. They, they have to carry it all home and it's not safe to walk through their neighborhood. And, um, it's so there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. It's, it's yeah. not as simple as it sounds. Okay. Well, you know, recently my husband and I have gotten hooked on a new TV program. The name of it is This Is Us. You don't watch that much television, do you? I, I don't, um, but I have heard about that it show. It's really and an yes. interesting show. And one of the, uh, featured people on it is an extremely obese daughter of this family and she it, the way they're dealing with it is beautiful i mean it is really uh it is a fine program so that's something that just caught yeah. my eye and you know dr home will often talk about the tv programs or radio or movies that he's seen he's and seen. That, that's one <laughs> that i think you people might enjoy you know tomorrow night speaking of dr home he taped tomorrow night's tv program south dakota public television uh, on call with the Prairie Doc. It's going to be on at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, and you'll see Dr. Holm discussing staying mobile as we age. 
So staying mobile as we age, and his guests are two Rapid City physicians. So it should be very interesting. He went out to Rapid City, I think, early December or late November and taped a couple of programs with doctors in Rapid City. So I think people will really enjoy that. Be sure to catch it tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And it's an important topic. Oh, it is. Staying mobile as we age. We hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. As always, you can hear more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org where you may also learn more about the exciting activities of the Healing Words Foundation. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining me today, Dr. Johnston. Thanks so much for having me, Joan. It's It's been a pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure working with you, and I'll close with Dr. Holmes' weekly reminder. Stay healthy out there, people.